You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Well, thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live. My name is Laura Hawk, and I'm here in Rapid City, South Dakota, with my co-host, Jordan Miller. Um, For those of you who are just joining us now, we are going to dive into a segment on authentic joy, what it is and where we can find it. We have Father Robert Wallweber joining us on the phone from the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Um, Father Wallweber, thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you. Good to be with you, Laura and Jordan, today. <laughs> it's good. It's good. So uh, just to dive in, would you tell our listeners a little about yourself? Sure. I'll just share a little bit about uh, my uh, background and then where I'm stationed right now. I am the youngest of three boys, uh, three sons, from Huron, South Dakota. My mm-hmm. parents still live there. And I'm a priest of the Diocese of Sioux Falls. And I was ordained in May of 2013 here in Sioux Falls at St. Joseph Cathedral. And since May of this year, I've been serving at St. Lambert Parish here in Sioux Falls as the parochial vicar, and the pastor here is Father Sean Hagerty. And I was actually on the air uh, in early October. We had a live drive, or I should say mm, a real yeah, presence radio yeah, at yeah. a live drive, and, and I was uh, really blessed with the opportunity to go on and try to sell the parish, if you will. <laughs> so, And uh, just really appreciative to be able to be back on the air to talk about our current topic, and it's very relevant for today, especially as we approach the Christmas season. Yeah. Um, I want to um, make a little bit of a, a correlate. You are cousins with one of our own priests, Father Adam Hofer, um, and so that's kind of a cool connection that we have here, you know, us being from Rapid City and know um, him and his family quite well. Um, and I, I spent some time in the Sioux Falls Diocese, and so I've met Father Sean Haggerty before, and he's um, a great priest. Um, and then I think you had Deacon Thomas Roush with you for a while, too, didn't you, yes. Father? Yep, that's yeah. correct. Yep. Yeah. Um, he- so that must have been a pretty uh, rock star setup you had over at St. Lambert's over there. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to yeah thank you for being on. And um, I just want to, as we start talking about authentic joy, um, so what do you think are some uh, misconceptions about what true joy is? Yeah, I think that's a great question, actually. Uh, I think sometimes we toss words around so much, we throw terms around that after a while we forget what they really mean. They become either watered down or misinterpreted. And so sometimes there's this tendency to view joy, among some people anyway, as simply a bubbly emotion or a giddy feeling. Uh, Joy is reducible to that among some and, and that's not to say that warm emotions will not accompany joy. Oftentimes they, they do, but that's not really the essence of joy. Uh, joy goes beyond just those surface emotions. I think another misconception of joy is that Christian joy can only be achieved if conditions are favorable. So in other words, if our health is good, if the place we live is good, if our society is good, then we can have joy. But actually, joy can flourish even in the midst of great suffering. And that includes sure. personal suffering and suffering going on in society. And I'm, I'm reminded of what St. Paul says about that in Colossians. He says, I rejoice in my suffering for you. So here's someone who was definitely uh, subject to imprisonment and a lot of suffering, and yet he rejoiced because of the Lord. Right. And I think, too, of just all the martyrs throughout the mm-hmm. history of the Church, 
I'm mindful especially, there's one that comes to mind is St. Lawrence. Here was a, in the third century, he was sentenced to death for being a Christian. He was put uh, on a grill, literally an iron grill, and he was uh, grilled to death by his executioners. Not a pleasant thought. And you can imagine how, how painful the torture would have been. But in the midst of that, what does he do? Does he say, oh, woe is me, this is terrible? He says... I'm done on this side. Turn me over <laughs> to the executioner. Is it? Right. Now, that's, that's a man with true joy. <laughs> he kept his joy to the end because he knew, he knew who he was. He knew his Christian dignity. He knew that eternal life was waiting for him, and he knew the beauty and the power of God's love coursing through his very being. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Father, I'm going to move to a next question, but then I have a follow-up kind of to... Um one from that. So what would you say then, um, we talked about some misconceptions, but then what is um, authentic joy? Yeah, so uh, authentic joy, and there are different levels to this. Uh, I would start with this level. There's something called natural joys. So there, there's a certain joy that comes through uh, beauty, truth, and goodness. And it's interesting because I was listening to the program just before this, and uh, uh, I, I was uh, remarking to myself, wow, that's what I was going to talk about to some degree is that through beauty, truth, and goodness in creation, we can find a certain natural joy. So, for example, uh, the waves of an ocean crashing onto the beach, is a, there's a certain beauty in that that causes our heart to surge with joy. We might look at an inspiring sunset. We might step foot in a cathedral like the Cathedral of St. Joseph, which is very beautiful, and mm-hmm. see, uh, just, just be moved by that, moved to joy. Uh, we think maybe about sacred art, which is what you talked about in the last segment, how yeah. looking at a beautiful painting can inspire joy. So there's a natural joy that, that it inspires us. But deeper than that, I would say that it's important to say that joy is a gift from God. It's not something we construct. It is not something we can generate ourselves. It is really a, what I would say, a holy delight within the soul. And that holy delight arises from really a profound awareness of, of various things. And uh, that awareness includes the fact that God created us. You know, we could not create our own existence. The fact that we were loved enough into being is a cause of our joy. The fact that we were redeemed by Jesus Christ, that's a cause of our joy, authentic joy. That God has adopted us as his children so that we can rightfully <laughs> call God our Father is a cause of joy. Mm, that yeah. we have a sacred dignity that can never be stripped away. We have the dignity of a child of God. If we recall that, if we really think about that, if, we're, if we allow ourselves to be moved by that, that's joy. And, of course, the gift of eternal life. Anything we go through, any sufferings, any trials, we have times of depression maybe, times of anxiety. If we step back for a moment and say, I'm destined for eternal life, and if I remain in God's love, I can be in paradise with God for all eternity where there's no suffering or sadness. That is a cause, definitely, of authentic joy. And so I think, really, ultimately, joy arises from knowing deep down in our hearts that we are unconditionally by a God who loves us beyond measure. (laughs) That is really authentic joy. Yeah, and that we're really convicted of those truths, too, I think. Exactly. And it is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, sometimes it's a, it's a good examination of conscience for us even. Uh, if we look at our lives, we go through our day, we examine our day and we say, was I a person of joy today or was I not a person of joy today? If we were a person of joy, there's a very good chance that we were living in the Spirit 
that we were uh, allowing God to work through us, to use us, uh, to, to uh, encounter others in positive ways and to lead them to Christ. And so it's a good measuring stick to see if we are really living in the grace of God, if we have that joy, that fruit of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and I think um, sometimes, too, you know, as you talked about using it as a, like an examination of conscience almost, and and how sometimes I find myself even focusing on like like the bad things that happened or the frustrating things that happened during my day where I totally miss the opportunity, you know, to express that authentic joy that I do have, but all of these other things were just getting in the way of that. Um, Yes, that's well said. I think that's human nature. We tend to have negative mental filters. Uh, You know, there there could be 10 things that happen during our day and nine of the things could be causes of rejoicing, causes of joy, causes of of a sense of, of inner peace, but... We might have one event that did not go well, and what do we tend to do? <laughs> we <laughs> tend to the worst thing that happened to us all day. <laughs> exactly. We tend to focus wholeheartedly on the one yeah. thing that did not go well or the one thing that we thought was negative, and that's, uh, that, that is a, a, a very natural human thing to do, uh, unfortunately. So I think taking a step back and saying, okay, who am I? I'm a, I'm a person, a child of God, loved by God. And so, really, at the end of the day, nothing can rob me of my joy unless I let it. I can allow myself to be robbed (laughs) of the joy that God gives me because of my own free will and my own uh, inability to recognize my giftedness. Yeah. Sometimes I find myself (laughs) even saying, like, you know, something, you know, unfortunate or frustrating happened, and I find myself... Giving like giving myself a little pep talk, being like, "Okay, don't let it ruin your day. <laughs> don't let it ruin your day." <laughs> and you know how some of those things are out of our control. But um, exactly, Father, would you say what would you say like when things are hard? You know, when we struggle with anxiety or frustration or anger, or um, we just kind of fall into that pit of just everything's um, difficult. How do you how do you think we find that joy? You know, you talked about that a little bit too. Um, but how does one you know uh, maybe recall? their, um, you know, their daughtership or their sonship in God the Father? Sure, yeah, that's that's a wonderful question. Uh, I think, first of all, going to God in prayer, uh, because what can happen in our lives is we get busy or we we, uh, maybe lose sight of God as much as we we otherwise would. And so going to the Lord in prayer helps us to recognize who we are before God, that we are infinitely loved by God, whereas if we allow the cares of the world to settle in, then we get swept up in that, and then we can forget our, our identity. I think, too, and this is, a, I think, a segment that would, that would merit some, some time, is just the joy of encounter. Um, mm-hmm. you know, certainly there's, there's an encounter with God, and, and there are examples of that. But I think the authentic joy really comes down to the encounter with others. And there is a a document, uh, it's actually by Pope St. Paul VI, Pope Paul VI, our former Pope, Gaudete in Domino, and he talks about how man experiences joy, especially in the encounter, through sharing and communion with other people. And so in 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 our relationships with one another, I think it helps us to recognize and to really experience, not just recognize cognitively, but to really experience that love of God through the body of Christ, which is the Church. Uh, and, and that is the, a cause of authentic joy for us. 
Yes. You know, Father, I had a chance to listen to your homily from this past weekend um, when I was taking a look at, at who Father Robert Woolweber is um, online. And, and your homily this weekend touched on on that very thing, you know, the, the encounters of a person and, and looking back on your life at, you know, those stages, like if you're in a marriage and, and like thinking back on, on that time when you met your spouse for the first time and, and things such as that. So we're, uh, we're about to go on a break right now, but maybe when we come back, um, we could dive into that more because I agree that it's, it's a beautiful um, part of this whole thing called authentic joy. Yeah. Sounds great. All right, Father, well, we're, um, yeah, we're going to head into a break here on Real Presence Live. Um, we're here in Rapid City, South Dakota, and we will be right back. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Honor your Father by word and deed, that a blessing from Him may come upon you. Sirach 3.8 Our priests guide us on the right path and teach us about our Catholic faith. At Real Presence Radio, we'd like to honor them for helping to deepen our relationship with Jesus. Each week on Real Presence Live, we honor our fathers with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. You can nominate your priest to receive special recognition by going to yourcatholicradiostation.com. And thank you to all our priests for your service to the Holy Catholic Church. S.J. Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, S.J. Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. S.J. Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Well, welcome back, dear listeners. Uh, Again, we are here, uh, Jordan Miller and myself, Laura Hawk, here in uh, Rapid City, South Dakota. We're diving back into our segment on authentic joy with Father Robert Wellweber from the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Um, So before our break, Father, we were just touching on on, um, where one can really find joy through, through the encounter with the Lord. Um, so do you want to shed a little bit more light on that? Yes. Uh, so the encounter, I was speaking about the encounters with others and how that uh, can, can bring us joy. Uh, and the encounter with the Lord as well can uh, bring us joy, and in a special way it does, actually, uh, our encounter with God. 
And you had mentioned uh, my homily, and one of the reasons that I spoke about encounter in my homily this weekend is because of the gospel, the gospel account of the Annunciation. And I was really pointing out how Mary had an encounter, a personal encounter with God that changed her whole life. Uh, we all have encounters throughout our life, and some are more impactful than others. Some encounters, even just one encounter, can change our entire life. And in the case of Mary, of course, here was a young teenage girl going along the path of life, and suddenly an angel appears to her and says, you're going to be the mother of Jesus. And just imagine that impact. Imagine the profundity of that encounter. And so her life would never be the same again. Through that encounter of Mary with God, her life was changed forever. And so when we think about joy, and then she went on to say, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. So she, she, she her in her spirit rejoiced in God, her Savior. So through that encounter with God's beautiful grace, she became a person of even deeper joy. And when we look at our own relationships in life, there are people who cross the stage of life who change us. Every person we meet changes us and gives us a better sense of God's love for us. And so our encounters with others, but then our encounters with God, too, change us and help us to be even more vibrantly alive and people of love. Yeah, so, Father, what would you say, um, you know, how do then we talk about, you know, these encounters that can lead us, um, you know, closer to Christ, but then how does that kind of um, give us then that authentic joy? You know, so out of these encounters, how can we then um, experience a greater, um, yeah, a greater joy and a greater conviction of our identity? Yeah, that, yeah, that's a great question. I would say this, that um, when it comes to the encounters with, with others, not every encounter will necessarily bring us joy. Uh, it depends on what we bring to the encounter. And so uh, what I mean by that is we need to have authentic encounter. And so authentic encounter really comes in many ways from a sense of risk, being willing to be vulnerable. So it's willing to go before people and say, this is who I am. This is how God has touched my life. This is my, this is my story. Uh, because I think that when we relate to each other from a position of vulnerability, from a position of suffering, that can really bind people together in a way that nothing else can. I think of groups, for example, that are set up surrounding grief or addiction. Uh, those are some of the, the most life-giving groups that we find in our world because they're relating to each other from this position of woundedness, from suffering, and there's nothing that binds people together like suffering. Wow. When people are willing to get, to, get, to get together and say, okay, I'm not going to try to put on a mask here, <laughs> you know, I think that's an appropriate image in, in today's COVID world. Uh, you know, I'm not going to try to get, I'm not going to present a side of you that I think you want to see or that I think you should see. I am presenting my authentic self as a child of God with wounds, uh, with scars. And yet in the midst of that, this is my humanity. And I have recognized the importance, the importance of bringing that wounded humanity to Christ. And to yeah. you, so that we can grow together and, and become more fully alive yes. and, and that we can experience healing. And so I think that, in a sense, we need each other, we rely on each other, 
and when we can operate out of that position of vulnerability, then it, it breaks down walls and relationships. So instead of having these isolated individuals walking around talking to each other, we actually have a community that is formed in Christ, a community that wishes to be healed in Christ. And, and that, there is nothing more beautiful than that. And yes. so I think that that's where we get into the, the authentic encounter, not just, you might say, uh, superficial encounters. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you're absolutely right, uh, Father. Uh, we have a group here, um, a group of young adult women who have been meeting through Advent to do the Ascension Press Rejoice series. And we were meeting last night and, and uh, yeah, and just seeing that um, over, you know, the course of the four weeks of Advent, their their guards have been let down and, and to see the, the beauty of, you know, one um, sharing their heart and, and, and others receiving that. Um, it, it was cool last night. We were just uh, visiting about this very topic of, uh, of joy and, and, um, and how it has to be included in the context of, of, of the reality, you know. So we can all be walking around pretending to have the greatest day ever, but, but if there's not that realness, um, then, then it's just a, you know, helium balloon waiting to slowly lower. Um, and I, and one of the, uh, comments that was made last night was how that's even more so in our relationship with, with Christ, you know, like, so when we go to pray, if, if I only bring my best Laura, my happy Laura forward, then like in reality, like Jesus knows the true, the reality. So he knows the challenges and what's really going on. And, And if I'm over here and only happy Laura, then he like then there's that disconnect because he can't go into the falsehood of happy you know and all you know all fake you have to bring what is true like the the vulnerability side yeah that's exactly right and that's well said and i think that that therein lies the value of confession you know when we start mm-hmm. talking about encounters with god we we encounter god in, in the sacrament of confession and and it's a place of raw honesty. Uh, you know, as a priest, I'm always, I'm always edified when people are willing to come before the Lord, to come before the priest and say, hey, I, I messed up. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian, and I'm trying to leave, lead a Christian life, but I fell short. Mm-hmm. And there's rejoicing in that. What does uh, <laughs> Jesus say? There will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who have no need of repentance. <laughs> and so our, our Lord just wants to, he, he wants us to give him those sins. He desperately wants us to, to do that. He, he's, there, he's there for that reason. But if we go around and either pretend we don't have the sins or we keep shying away from our wounded reality, then the Lord can't heal us. You know, it's like uh, if we have a sickness and we don't go to the doctor, guess what happens? We stay sick. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so... Yes, does it take humility to acknowledge uh, who we are, or maybe some wounds, sin or otherwise, psychological or otherwise? Absolutely. Unless we do that, so unless we're willing to give of ourselves and be a gift of self, we will not experience that deep love. We'll just walk around. Everybody will be walking around with their own protected ego, trying to guard their own ego rather than trying to uh, build those relationships because yeah. of the importance of vulnerability. So I think of confession... It's such a it's such a great sacrament for for establishing that encounter with God in, in humility, and of course the Holy Eucharist. You know what greater encounter can we have than coming before our Lord and receiving Him in Holy Communion? Mm. Uh, that is the greatest personal encounter we could ever have with God. Mm. 
So those two sacraments are so vitally important if we want to have a vibrant spiritual life, but I think also just if we want to have a, a good, healthy, and happy life as a human person in a well-rounded way. Absolutely. Because yeah. if not, then you're going around in that egotistic world, and and you yourself have to bring, you know, like the whole time you're trying to produce your own joy, when really authentic joy comes from God himself, you know. Exactly. Yeah. And if we're, if we're living constantly in a state of sin, then joy does not have a place to reside, because mm-hmm. especially in the case of, of mortal sin, we don't have that sanctifying grace of God. And so... Uh, we're missing out on what we could have. And I think so often, sometimes we reduce sin to this idea of, oh, well, I messed up or I did something against the commandments. And it is that, but I think really when we when it comes down to it, mm. we do the Lord's will because it makes us most fully alive. Yeah. You know, not because we're adhering to some to some doctrine or some arbitrary rules, but, oh, but there's gotcha. a wisdom in it that when we uh, allow God love to, to move through us and we, when we avail ourselves of that, then we can be those beautiful, shining witnesses to others. And, and joy is infectious. You know, yeah. <laughs> people are looking for joy because we live in a world where uh, there's, there's a lot of sadness, there's cynicism. Mm-hmm. And so if, if we find people who are willing to say, this is my story, this is my life, this is how Christ has changed me, this is how I recognize my need for Christ, wow, I mean, that can set the world on fire. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And Father, help me out here. There, this just totally leads me to to our call as Christians uh, to be that joy. And and somewhere in that good Bible of ours is is the saying like, um, always be prepared to give someone the the cause of your joy. Or how does that go? Yeah. Exactly. Prepared. Yep. Exactly. Um, prepare, basically, we we need <laughs> to be able to tell the people why we why we are, are Christian, why we have uh, the, the faith that we do. Yeah, and, and and that's and that's exactly exactly right. Yeah, and it's kind of forgotten sometimes, or I forget it all the time when I'm in the grocery <laughs> store because I hate yeah. I hate that place. <laughs> but but it is it's it's all it's like how we are called to live out. Yeah. All right, Father, do you have any final thoughts or reflections for us before we we go to our break? Well, I would just I just say you know as we prepare for Christmas, uh, really what we're seeking is joy, of course, and joy is not so much a what as it is a who. You know, Christ is the Christ is the cause of our of our joy, and Christ lives and moves through His people. And so, it's maybe a good time to look at our relationship with God to see how that's going, and to to spend time in prayer and and, and uh, improve that. But also our relationships with others. You know, are yeah. there relationships where we are feeling in our mind or heart a desire to make those relationships better? And that starts with ourselves. Are we availing ourselves of the sacraments? Are we willing to be vulnerable? Are we willing to share our story as a disciple uh, of the Lord that has been, that is wounded and yet redeemed? Yes. And so I think it, it's all of the above is, is how we find our joy. And as I said, joy is infectious. If we have it, mm. then people will want it and we will all be a healthier body of Christ because of it. Right. right. All right, Father, thank you for being on with us today. Um, up next, we're going to have a local priest that will be with us to share his vocation story. Um, So stay tuned to Real Presence Live, and we'll be right back.